welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Byron. Praise God. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, thank You so much for Your goodness. We love You. We're excited by You. We're excited that You set us free. Touch our hearts this morning. In Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Come on, give someone a hug before you sit down. A bit of loving. Thank you. Thanks, Musos. Awesome. So we have been speaking about freedom and this is the final part of the series. We've been looking at how God sets us free and we've been looking at spiritual warfare because we do have an enemy. So over the last eight weeks, we have looked at some of the schemes of our enemy so that we are not unaware, we're not foolish, we want to be aware, we want to be knowing where the battlefront is and we've looked at how he attacks us, how he lies to us, he binds us up, he tricks us, he blocks us, he does all sorts of things and we are determined to be aware and we are determined to walk in victory. So today I just want to talk about the, the final series on freedom and talk about how Jesus has set us free and if the sun sets us free, we're free indeed. It is good to be aware of the devil's schemes against us, but we don't want to focus too much on the loss because it's, it's a loss. It's, it's, he's lost. We want to focus today on the victory. We want to focus today on Jesus because he's the one that's won the victory. We're not worried too much about the one who's lost. We're following our, our, the winner and the winner is Jesus and he's our Lord and we're on the right side. So I want to talk today about how Jesus has set us free. In John 8, 31 to 36, a classic freedom scripture. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Truth shall set you free. And they answered him, the Pharisees, we're Abraham's descendants. We've never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say we'll be made free? Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits a sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. So that was part of Jesus' ministry. Again, in Luke 4, 18, I won't read all of this, but he said, the, Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, freedom to the captives. So freedom to the captives, to set at freedom those who are, uh, are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So Jesus said that he came to set us free. And he said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So we need to experience this glorious liberty. We are not in prison anymore. We are truly set free. We do not have to feel like there are walls that are fencing us in or there's something that's holding us down. We're not, there's no trap or snare on our life anymore. 
There's no dreadful habit or dreadful sin that is restraining us and stopping us from being who we're meant to be. We have been set free. We just need to make sure that we know it. We need to know how free we are. Not like, you know, those animals, you always hear those animal stories, you know, the elephants that get tied up with the chain and they can't go further than the chain, you know, and they're like this. And then they take the chain off and they're still walking around the post like this. They don't know that they're free. It's a, it's, it's a common, it, it happens with many animals. They just, they just learn, oh, I'm chained up, so that's just the way I live. And how, what a tragedy if Christians should live like that. It's like, well, you know, I can't, I've had this terrible habit or I have this oppression or I'm depressed or I'm this or I'm that or my parents were this or that or whatever or Australians are this or that, so that's the way it is. It's like, no, 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 there's no chain anymore. Don't keep walking around the post like that. We have been set free. It's just a question of us recognising that and stop going around and around the post. Because that's what some Christians are doing. They're going around and around and saying, well, I, I, I can't, I, you know, I can't, I can't, I've tried. I've tried. I really hate that word. I really do. I think it was Yoda that said, <laughs> there is no try. There, d- thank you, Sarah. I'm not, I'm not right up on my Star Wars quotes. There is no try. Do or do not. That's actually pretty good. Like, you know, come on. Star Wars, George Lucas, whoever wrote that, that's, that's not bad. There is no try. Do or do not. I really like that quote. I, please, I, I know you've all been saying this to me for the last 25 years, but I don't want to hear it anymore. Like, I'm trying. It's like, I always think, don't try it, do it. That's like the, the elephant that says, I'm trying to be set free. It's like, you are set free, so do it. Jesus never asks us to try to do something. He just says, do it. He never asks us to try. We're just required to do it. If we're not doing it, I've got to tell you something, we don't want to do it because he set us free. So no try, just do or do not and be free. We looked at what freedom is. Freedom is knowing who we really are. Who, who am I really? It's knowing, for example, that I'm beautiful. It's knowing that I'm wonderful. It's knowing that I'm a child of God. I'm a princess. And if you don't know that, if you feel like you struggle with those concepts, then we need to know that that's the truth. We need to get that freedom in our heart. It's knowing what we really want to do. It's knowing that we, what we really want to do with Jesus. Sometimes people think, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that. I think, no, you don't. You don't want to do that. It's Because if you're doing anything without Jesus, it's no fun. It's knowing... Being free is knowing that the best thing that we can do is to be in him. That's freedom, is being with him. There's no freedom in being separate from him. Being free is being with him. Some people's idea of freedom is doing whatever the flesh wants to do or their selfish, unregenerate man wants to do. They think, well, I'm free because I, you know, I, can, I can do whatever I want to do. It's like, which part of you? It's not free to do whatever your, your flesh wants to do. It's not free to do whatever your selfish nature wants to do. You can scream at your husband if you like, but that's not going to make you feel good. There's not freedom in that. Freedom is, is the ability to do what's right and to feel good about it, to restrain those ugly words. It's not free to just be able to jump out of that aeroplane and fly through the sky and think, I'm just, you know, flying. If you've got no parachute, that's just like... 
you know, 30 seconds before destruction. That's what some people's idea of freedom is. Oh, I can, you know, I can just do what I want. I can drink, take drugs, and I don't have to do this. Like, right, with no parachute. Like, it's not going to last long, guys. Like, that is not freedom. You might feel like it for a brief second, a very brief second before destruction comes. That's not freedom. No, 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 no. That's not freedom. That's the world's idea of freedom. Proverbs 30, verse 18. There are three things too wonderful for me. Four, which I, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. The way of an eagle in the air. That's one of them. I won't go in the others. I, he's just like, it's too, it's too much. I don't understand. And what is it about this eagle that he doesn't understand? It's the ability to fly the way an eagle flies. It's, he says, it's, I don't get it. And we don't understand this freedom. How can we possibly fly like an eagle? How can, we, how can we do that? Isaiah 40, 29, he gives power to the weak. To those who have no might, he increases strength. Even youths grow faint and are weary, and the young men will utterly fail. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. I don't understand that. How is that possible that you can walk and never get tired? I'm good for about six hours. I've done a few long walks and I've discovered after about six hours, I, I'm, I'm tired. I get, I get tired. How can you keep walking and not, not get faint? Don't even, let's not even talk about jogging. <laughs> I wasn't built for jogging. But, um, but how can you do that? How can you walk and not get faint? It says, those who wait on the Lord will rise up on wings like eagles. Now, you know I love to talk about birds, but it really is too amazing and too wonderful and you know you see that Australian wedgetail eagle out in the desert and all the other birds are flapping around and it's hot and it waits in the morning and it waits and it waits and the, and the air heats up and the currents heat up and it gets hotter and hotter and it finds the heat current and then it just kind of flies into that current and the current lifts the bird up and then he just soars on the current and you know, an eagle, an the wedgetail eagle, can soar at an altitude of thousands of meters. They can soar like that all day long without a single flap. Not one flap. <laughs> Isn't that a lovely thought? Just, 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 just soaring. So there's no exhaustion in that. It would be exhausting if you have to fly thousands of metres flapping all the time like poor old pelicans, you know, they look like, I don't know if they're going to get up there, you know, like, here we go. Like, and, sometimes, and when they land, if you've seen a pelican land, it's like, whoa, they don't want to fly. But the eagle just soars, it just finds the current and it soars and it's not flapping and all of a sudden it's just soaring above it all. And that's what the Bible describes us That's It says this is a wonderful thing. And the psalmist says, I don't understand. I don't understand it really physically how it's able to do that. They're pretty big birds. I mean, I guess, you know, you can look at all the physics of it. But spiritually, how can we do that? How can we just soar above it all and be excited by life? And there's so much stuff going on in life. How can we soar above it all? He says, those who wait on the Lord will rise up on wings as eagles. We can have... We have access to the throne of, the, of God. And if we can understand what that means to get before him and to get right up high in heaven with him, 
then we can understand what it means to soar. We can understand what it means to be like an eagle. And he says, it's too wonderful for me. And I even find it hard to explain because everyone has their own relationship with God. That word, uh, wait on the Lord, chavah, it's an unusual word and it means to twist together. It's quite unusual. So it's almost like we, we twist our soul together with God. When we're waiting on God and we're praying and seeking him, we're twisting ourselves with him. It's like those girls that twist themselves into those, those I don't know what it is, those cotton things and they get, they get pulled up. We can twist ourselves into the spirit of God and he just takes us up into heaven and we've got to know how to do that. We've got to know how to, to pray basically and to live life with him and soar above it all because that's... There's such freedom in that. You've got to find that place. I don't know where it is for you all. I know where it is for me. But you've got to know how to fly. You've got to know how to fly. I was actually thinking, how do you fly, God? Like, how do I do this? And, oh, I just got, oh, I love it when everyone, you know how I love being alone in the house. But the other day I got on the piano, which is, yes, terribly out of tune. So <laughs> I thought we must get this thing tuned or get a new keyboard. But, um, and I just found those chords and I just found that place in God. I just was playing it and playing it. And, and I, just, I just could fly. I was just with him. And it's so beautiful. And I encourage you all to do this because life is it's too difficult without, without flying. It really is. We've got to know how to fly, really. Freedom is not taking us out of our everyday life. You know, it's not... It's not going on an extended holiday. People think, I'm free. If I can just finish with this job and if I can just, if this issue stops and that, then I'll be free. No, they're never going to stop. Then it's never going to stop. There's always another issue. There's always another crisis, actually. <laughs> There's always something, you know, terrible going on, really. And the only, the freedom from, that we experience is to fly above it all and not to be entangled by it and upset by it, but to fly over it. I remember um, just when um, you know I when we when we got these two beautiful boys that came and look that we came to that came to look after us. Little head popped up there. Why are you talking about me? <laughs> and uh, you know your kids get older and it's kind of like yay bye. <laughs> Not really. I love you all, but you know <laughs> it, there's a lot of freedom when they get older. And and then I remember when the boys came and it was just like. Oh, I remember, I do remember this moment sitting on the steps at kindergarten and I'd finished with primary school. You know, I'd finished with all of that and I was in, up to high school and uni and I was, you know, and, and then just I remember being, I always remember sitting on the steps at the kindergarten going, oh, it was just such a sense of burden. <laughs> oh my goodness, am I going to do this all over again? From kindergarten, year one, year two, year three, like all the teachers and the, the meetings and school and the homework and I was just like, Oh, and I remember feeling sort of, you know, you can feel a little trapped, a little like, what is this, you know? And the Lord, I remember the Lord spoke to me and said, what could be more precious than looking after a kid like that? <laughs> What's more important than that? So freedom is not sort of going, oh, I just, you know, want all the kids to go. So my husband and I, we can go off and, you know, have, have a proper long service leave together. Have you ever noticed that we have our long service leave separately? Yes, there's a reason behind that. Um, but, you know, that's not freedom. Freedom is just acknowledging and, and accepting the, the, 
responsibilities and the hard work of life, but enjoying it and finding the grace for it and finding the joy of it and being thrilled that you get to serve, thrilled that you get to lay down your life in such an exciting way, in such a meaningful way. It's not freedom to say, oh, you know, I'm fin- I don't want to, you know, Sarah's been playing that keyboard since she was, I don't know, three, <laughs> nearly, but very young. She doesn't sort of go, oh, I'm done with it now. It's like freedom is continuing to serve God for the whole of your life, but with joy and with life and with excitement and just doing it with God. He doesn't take us out of our life to set us free. He gives us freedom within our life, and it's beautiful. So he sets us free from sin. Romans 6 speaks of the glorious liberty. Though you were slaves to sin, yet you wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching God has given you. Now you are free from sin, and you have become slaves of righteousness. So we're free from sin. Jesus has really set us free. We are completely and totally at liberty. We do not have to sin. We do not have to do all that horrible stuff that, the devil wants us to do anymore. Let me read you this. God is committed to removing all vestiges of sin from our soul. When we would like him to be satisfied with a clean new outfit, his interest in us is far, far exceeds our concerns. Our perspective is usually limited to achieving a better life, and his, but his desire for us is radical conformity to his son's perfect character. God wars against us like a surgeon who uses a knife to radically cut out a malignant tumour. The knife cuts, draws blood, causes terrible pain, but the purpose is redemptive. So when God sets us free from sin, it's not just like a little, a little scrape. And that's why sometimes it's challenging, but he just wants to completely and radically transform us so that we are perfect, Nothing less than perfection. That's what he wants from us. And sometimes we struggle against that. But notice that first scripture I read. It says, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you abide in my word. So I can tell you that you're free because I know that God has set you free and Jesus has set you free. But it says here that you've got to abide in the word, which means to hear it and obey it. To abide means to stay. To stay listening to the Word of God and to stay doing the Word of God. He says, then then you will know the truth and then the truth will set you free. So there are some requirements to this freedom. We don't just get to sort of just go, oh, yay, I'm free, I feel good. It's like we've got to obey. I was just um, seeing a testimony about a young Danish couple. No, actually they were an Australian couple and they were a great young couple and they got married and they were um, they just started to fight. And, and just looking at them, I thought, why are you fighting? You're just such a beautiful young couple. Everything's going right. They're in church, happy in church. But they were just fighting and angry with each other. And that was just getting worse and worse. Their marriage was really struggling. So I thought, let's go to London. Because I thought maybe that would help. And it didn't help. So then they went to Denmark. And in Denmark, they met some beautiful Christians who spoke to them about their need for repentance. They said, you, you guys really need to repent from this anger and this bitterness. And they both of them realised yeah, we really do. And so they decided to get baptised again and they decided to get baptised in the Holy Spirit because these people, they went all the way to Denmark to find out what they needed to do. But they had to do it. And the girl, the, the husband got prayed for. He, he decided to get baptised again. He said, the first time I got baptised, I just, I didn't really even understand what I was doing. I didn't repent from sin. 
It was a religious thing. I just did, okay, yeah, you get a certain age, yeah, you get baptised. But he said that then I got to a certain age, he said I needed to repent. I, I had never recognised my sin. I never really obeyed the word. So he got baptised and baptised in the Holy Spirit and so did she. Baptised, baptised in the Holy Spirit. But when she went to get baptised, she said she could feel inside of her this anger and she said, I could hardly breathe. I was so angry. And they were praying for him. They, you know, they bound the devil and they let her go and they set her free. And, and now they both said, oh, they, just, they were sharing their testimony and how free they felt and how wonderful they felt because they had obeyed what God said to do and they'd done it from their heart, not just a form. But I thought it was interesting because here they were just a classic young Australian Christian couple in church. It's like, how can they not be free? How can they not be enjoying their life? You know, a beautiful young couple just got married, travelling overseas. But they were really angry and bitter and hurting. He said, he said, no one could tell from the outside. You know, no one would have known what was really going on in our life and our marriage. But they obeyed God. They got set free and, and they are blessed so we have to know that we, have to, that we can be set free and we have to know that we have to obey in order to be set free. Uh, just going back to the birds again, because I, I, as you know, I like birds. We've got to be committed to live life as an eagle. We've got to be committed to this desire for freedom. And I was thinking about how we do have to make the effort to be set free. It's like God's done his share, but we've got to do our share to fly. We've got to do our share to get there. And, you know, there are, because there's all sorts of, I thought, well, you're going to be like a, you know, the, a, a brush turkey that just scratches around in the dirt all the time. You know, brush turkeys, they're annoying. They're scratching around in the dirt. Or, you, or I thought we could be like, um, you know, sacred ibis, which are really annoying since they've inv invaded Sydney about 20 years ago. And, and, and they just go into the rubbish of the world. Sometimes as Christians, it's that our, our, our concept is just, just pick at the world and try and enjoy what the world has to offer. You know, and that's our idea of freedom is I can have a great career or I can have this great life or I can do all the things that the world can do as a Christian and just sort of pick at the rubbish of the world. It's like that's, that's not what God's calling us to. That's not the level of freedom that I can be almost as successful as some executive in Sydney. It's like, who, that, what's that? That's not freedom. And I think sometimes when we preach about prosperity, some people think, oh, yeah, good, good, we can be Christians, but we can still get to do what all the world does and have all the same sort of trappings of success. It's like, well, maybe if that's what God wants you to, but maybe he wants you to lay down all those trappings of success and go and be missionaries in Africa because don't, we don't know that. I mean, I have no problem with living a prosperous life if that's what God calls us to, but our life is, is not about picking at the bits that the world has to offer or scratching around in the dirt like a brushed turkey, our life is completely separate. And it might look a little bit similar sometimes, like, oh, I've got the house and the job and the kids and the family, but it's completely different. Because just like that, God can say, let it all go, and we're free to let it go. Because our, it's, our life does not consist in that stuff. Our life does not consist in, in our homes and our families and, or any of that. We're free to obey him. And that freedom is wonderful. It's not So on the one hand, I'm saying we're completely free, but I'm not saying that we just do whatever our flesh wants to do or we do whatever the world does. We do what God wants and that's our freedom. And if we start to think that freedom means being the same as them or doing the, you know, being the same as the world, we, we'll just get trapped like the world is again. So we're completely free from sin, we're free to fly, but we're free to obey and free to enjoy it. 
It's wonderful. It's wonderful to sell your house and go overseas, be a missionary. It's crazy. It's like, whoa. I remember thinking I'd never do that. In fact, I remember when I was a Christian for a long time, I was not really sold out for God. It was like I was a Christian. I was born again, but it was like on my terms. And I remember thinking, if I go full on for God, he's going to want me to be a missionary and I don't want to do that. No way. He'll probably want me to do some crazy thing like sell my house and go overseas and be a missionary and that I'm not prepared to do. I just remember thinking I'm not, I would never do that. It's just, no, that's just stupid and annoying and not financially smart. And that's, so anyway, I got full on for God. <laughs> I, one day, because it's interesting, you can be a Christian but not ready to fly. I was kind of a Christian that with a big limp walking around. And one day I really said, all right, God, 100%, I'm yours. I'll do whatever you want. And then that's exactly what he wanted me to do. Sell my house and go overseas, my house in Sydney, you know, like you don't sell in Sydney, and go overseas and be a missionary. And so that's what we did. And it was just fantastic because you're free. Isn't it a great thing to know that you can do whatever God wants you to do? And he still looks after you. If he wants to give you another house, he can give you another house. He's got plenty of money. He sorts it out. So we need to know that we can be free to do whatever God wants us to do and not be afraid. Don't worry, because if God calls us to do it, we'll want to do it. It's not like, oh, freedom means that I do whatever God wants to do, but I feel horrible. No, because we're free to do what we really want. We discover this is the life I want. This is how I want to live. I want to be free with him and I want to be able to fly and I want to be able to do whatever he calls me to do. So we are free from sin. We're free from habits. We're free to fly. We're free from being trapped by the world, from being pulled down by the world. We're free from any kind of bondage that gets a hold of us. You know that um, sometimes eagles get trapped by like even a fox. They can get eaten. They can get trapped, literally. Like, the, you know, if they're having a fight with a fox or something like that, they can grab their feet. And what they do is they take off. And they start to fly and they just go higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. And eventually the fox is like, ah, I'm out of here. You know, because if they're several thousand feet, the fox can barely breathe. They drop and then they're good. And I like that image. It's like sometimes we, if we feel trapped, it's instead of trying to fight off what's going on, we just need to go higher with God. Just keep going. I'm just going to keep going and praying and praying higher and higher and higher and higher. And then it just has to drop off. Can't survive. So... We can be free to fly and know that nothing can pull us down if we're flying high. We're flying high with Jesus. So finally, we're free to be ourselves, to not be lost in fear or anxiety or depression or oppression or all these things that try and get on top of us. You know, when we were in Russia, I did find it at times, I've never, I've not been a fearful person but that I did have the the greatest battles I've ever had with fear because it was a, an oppressive demonic sort of vibe to be honest there and I was just scared when the first few months I just was scared of so many things I was I remember they had these windows the windowsill was about that high and the, the windows were huge and opened up these great big windows and Hudson climbed everything and we were on the third or fourth floor up in an apartment and I just went, well, this is unbelievably unsafe. My son will climb up onto the windowsills, which were that wide, open the window and just fall out. And I remember being scared of Hudson falling out the windows. I'm like, 
oh, well, how are we going to deal with this? So I, I sort of would try to figure out, how do we lock the window? Like, what do you do? Just leave the window shut all the time, lock the windows? It was a real issue for me. I was scared of the mafia because they were into blowing up people's front door. I was scared of being kidnapped because all the foreigners around us were being kidnapped and, and robbed. I was scared of terrible diseases because all these diseases were breaking out amongst the Russians at that time and I didn't know if our children were immunised against them. I was scared of being attacked because, you know, they, yeah, people got attacked quite a lot. I was even scared of the government because, you know, they, there was a, um, an extortion attempt against us because they found out that we were foreigners. So, you know, they think, right, we'll extort them, we'll get money out of them. And I just, I was scared of a nuclear explosion. I was scared of nuclear, you know, the watermelon story. I was scared of nuclear poisoning. I was just like, I just was like, God, I just, I've never experienced this, this constant sense of fear. And when you're being oppressed by the devil, you're not free. And the thing is, you can't be yourself. Because I'm not, I, I, I didn't feel like me. I'm not a frightened person. I'm, you know, I'm happy. I'm like nice and bold and, you know, that's just not me. And I just didn't know how to break free of this fear. And this is what oppression does to us, whether it's fear or anxiety or depression or whatever. It stops us from being ourselves. And God wants us to be ourselves and to, to look beautiful and young and be excited about life. But the devil wants to push us down and, and fear and burden and oppression will do that. So I just had to get a hold of fighting that particular battle and trust that God has set me free. And the way that I did it was by worshipping God and by the Word of God. Now, as I said, everybody might have a slightly different sort of story. There's a guy, I saw a story about this young man called James Patterson who speaks about how he... Um, he, his story was also in a Christian situation, but his parents were, uh, they were Christians, but they fought a lot. And he, was very, he got very upset and angry with his parents for fighting. And he said that he got to the point in life where he just, he didn't want to be in church anymore because there was a bitterness inside of him and an anger. And he also got into pornography, which didn't help. And then he was um, at church one day and an evangelist came and spoke about this freedom. And he thought, I'm, I'm not, I'm just not living like that. That's not who I am. And he went and talked to the guy afterwards and he, because he was inspired by him. He said, I just want to be free like this. And the evangelist said, you need to go home and repent and, and, and say sorry to your parents for not honouring them. And he said his first thought was, me repent? Like, <laughs> they're the ones that have been fighting. They're the ones that have got me bitter. But he just went, all right, I'll do it. I'll go and say sorry because I haven't been a good son. Like, and he struggled with it a bit. But he went and obeyed and he went to the, his parents and he said, I'm sorry, I haven't honoured you, I haven't respected you as parents. And he obeyed that word and he said in obeying, he started to feel this tremendous freedom. He felt like God really set him free and spoke to him and he's, he, he was testifying how now he's you know, starting to live a free life and living a life that, that he's meant to live. So for him, it was hearing what the man of God said and submitting to it, even though it, logically it didn't make sense, and obeying. For me in Russia, it was, I didn't have a particular 
man saying how to obey or a pastor at that point speaking to me there, but it was getting a word of God that says to not be afraid. And I can remember I'd have them up, you know, they will, they will not fear any deadly poison. I'd have scriptures about every single thing that I was afraid of and I used to fought with the word of God. I know for Bethany, if she gets upset or down or anything, I think, here we go. She goes into a room and then the worship music comes on and, and it's just like worship central next door. It's really cute. She just worships away. So we all have to know the strategies and we've spoken about weapons and how we're going to find that freedom. But we have to be determined to not be held back. We have to be determined to be free. So that's freedom, everyone. We are free to fly. We have to learn to fly. We have to be determined. If the sun sets me free, I'm free indeed. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.